upper handed. Oh, there we are. So really appreciate. We're just, uh, we're, put, we're keeping it together. We're keeping it together. And I, I want to comment on Josh. Josh did a great job yesterday leading our leaders on talk through a great talk on influence. And so we've been meeting monthly with our leaders this last year. Many months we're on Zoom and now we're back in person. And, and so I just, man, appreciate his leadership. And um, so I, I think we're encouraged, but we're tired. We're tired. I just want you to know I'm really tired. And um, I'm tired of thinness of help. Um, need, we need your help. We need your help. And so you're like, well, where do I help? Like, I, I don't know how to run things or anything. I, I just want you to know, just pray. Just say, God, how can I uh, not just attend or watch service uh, church? How can I be the church? How can I use my gifts now? And I get it. I understand this last year. I understand we haven't been able to do certain things, and, and we're starting to things roll out a bit. But just, but just consider that. Take the connection card today and say, I don't know where I can help, but I want to help. And we love just to have a conversation with you about it. And we can just explore, hey, here's some needs. Uh, the, just so you know, the weeds are going to continue to grow. I, I can't pull them. Um, they're gonna, the grass is going to get, this will turn more into a vacant lot as the next couple days. Just want you to know that. I, I, I'm tired. I, I'm not going to mow the lawn. There's lots of people that can mow the lawn of the church. There's lots of people that can weed. There's lots of people. In fact, you just show up and start doing it if you'd like. I really appreciate it. I'm not saying that I'm mad. <laughs> I'm just saying the reality of things. I'm just saying where we're at. Is it, I, I, you know me. I'm, I've been past here a long time. I'm real. And so um, I could do all that and, and exhaust myself, and then I, I won't be able to do what I'm doing here today. And that, I don't know. You want me to mow the lawn, or do you want me to preach? And and so there, it comes down to that. So all that to say, we're just having a little family talk, getting real. Um, we're just kind of, we're kind of tired. Chris, we love, I mean, I'm a little concerned about Chris and because there's just, he does a lot and uh, we're hoping for breaks for him. So like, I don't know how to work buttons. We'll train you. We'll show you. I appreciate Jane. Uh, she's had a little training. Now she's kind of like thrown in the deep end there. Jane, thank you for today and be a part of that. So all that to say is, hey, just being real, many of you guys are involved in serving. If there's some areas that you think you can jump in and do that, just let us know. Appreciate that. And the other thing is, you know, today's a, today's a great day. And this week, of course, with the CDC announcing the, the lifting of masks for those who are vaccinating. So if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear, wear a mask and social distance. If you're not vaccinated yet, you know, we just, it's an honor system. You know, it's between you and the Lord and what God's leading you and your conviction with that. Uh, we, we encourage you to to continue to mask and to social distance because we, we care about people's health. It's, we're still in a pandemic, and so, uh, but, but it's good to know that things are, are changing as we go. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of cautiously optimistic after this last year, what's rolling out, but this is a good thing to see many of your faces. I'm excited that for the first time in about a year or so to actually preach to people with, and I can see some kind of smile or something because many of you have been over the year been smiling with your eyes. I'm with you, Pastor. Uh, and so I'm glad you're here this morning but all the other thing about the mask thing too is listen if you feel comfortable wearing a mask to come to church in fact you're coming to service and you want to be here and like well why look weird wearing one no we're used to that like we're looking at you going no you're concerned about your health or the health of others that's totally fine but we're not going to single out anybody we're not going to call anybody out to do that uh we just glad that we can gather, whether it's here, online, here in person or online. And, and if you're continuing where you're at, please do not feel like you've got to rush or do anything. Go as God, God leads you in, along the way. The third thing I want to say is uh, we're making progress on our building. 
And we're not, we don't have our building permit yet, but I was really encouraged with some conversations and some conversations happening with the county. We're getting closer to our, to our permitting process. So we can continue to pray for that. I've asked for prayer every week and I actually feel like we've seen some progress to do that. So that's a lot kind of throw at you, but I am encouraged. I'm just a little tired here today. Many of you are, but I want to tell you that, you know, as we've gone through this last year and it's been a, it's been a physical pandemic, we've been really concerned about the mental and emotional health of everybody. And that's been very much a part of our church here and the concerns we have. And that's why we've been doing this series called Mind Over Matters. And I was just talking with a friend the other day that works in the, the psych ward with, with teenagers. And I said, tell me what's going on there. And he says, oh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's the worst it's ever been. And it's like, of course it has, right? But it confirmed that what goes on in our mind, it, it, you know, our environment and how much pressure and everything, it, it's going to take a toll on us mentally and, of course, emotionally to do that. It's, it's, we didn't really need the facts, but we know it, statistics are telling us we're just off the charts and all that. So what matters with the mind is this, is we've been saying this, this one theme, let me pull it up here, that really, I think, sums up what we've been, been talking about is that our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. I really think that's true for my life. As week one, we were talking about how the the recordings that we have in our mind over and over, that we start, end up kind of like believing what we're thinking. And, And 80% of it they've found is negative. Like, because of our sinful world and sinful nature, we lean toward the negative. If we just kind of let our minds go where they go, it's going to lean toward the negative. And these negative recordings, we we need to deal with. And that's why we've been offering this this, uh, spiritual growth plan. I think, I believe they're in your programs here today as well. And if you haven't done this, you're going, man, I'm already, you got through Ephesians, we're jumping on Philippians. We just, if you don't have a reading plan of in God's word on a daily basis, we want to make sure we offer this to you. And it's really neat because Josh, who was just up here, he, he put this together. And with our team, we also have a website, a web link, which is, you go under grow on our website. And, and there you'll see the Bible reading plan. And there, there's some, there's some videos that you can watch on the different books from the Bible Project. There's some prayers. Sometimes I've been using kind of a prayer thing on my phone because I don't know about you, my prayer, I just kind of like, my brain just starts getting on the to-do list of the day rather than just praying and spending time with God. I need help with that. I, I, I got all kinds of thoughts going on and I just need focus. And so there's some great prayer guides that are there as well. So something for you to do because we want to, we want to combat lies with the truth, but it comes back to our minds. And specifically today, we're going to talk about the attitude of our minds, the attitude of our minds. And and Paul talks about this in Ephesians that we read this week. But how many know, I, I think this is a true statement, attitude can be everything, isn't it? Our attitude of life can matter a whole lot. And I don't know if you played any sports growing up or been on a team. It's usually the pre-game rah-rah speech the coach gives, right? They're talking, we're going to do this. Guys, attitude is everything. And it, it really is. It affects us so much. You, you, you've been around people that have really wonderful, amazing attitudes. And you're, when you're with them, you're like, man, life is so much better, isn't it? When you're just with it, it's not they're overly, you know, peppy positive. It's not, they're not, no, they're very genuine, but they have this optimistic outlook of life. It's attitudes, everything. You could, you could say, say something 
but it's the attitude in which is what you say. They say 20% of communication is verbal. The other 80%, what is it? Body expressions, body language, our, our reaction, who we are, all kind of encompass attitude. So you've, you've been around people that have positive attitude. You've been around people that, that have had negative attitudes. Some of you know this in your workplace, or at least in your former workplace, where you were around a, a pretty overbearing boss, and that the attitude was there is, don't screw up, or you're going to get clobbered. You've been around people that you work with that are co-workers are kind of cranky all the time and so you're always tiptoeing around them i remember many years ago not this church many years ago i worked in a church and i had a, a secretary back then a administrative assistant now and and i was like i would go over like i was trying to get the good time of her day like oh could you mind doing this and like oh what i have time to do that and then i get back to my office going wait a second, she works for me. How did that happen? And i like, do, what, do you want coffee? Like, what's going on here? And we find ourselves adapting, and, and I think it happens in, if you've been in, a, in people with addiction and, and, and alcoholism, you, you're kind of codependent. And you, the reason you kind of do that, because we can kind of beat ourselves out for being codependent, is because you're just surviving. You're just trying to get through, you're coping through what you're getting through. I've been in church settings are very negative, and it just feels the environment to you. Today, many of you came happy. I saw your faces. It was great to see you. And there's, a, there's an attitude that comes with it. It all affects us in our lives. So, so that being the case, I put this thought here together for us this morning is this. Your attitude will determine your outlook, though it will affect your outcome. Your attitude will determine your outlook that will affect your outcome. Does that, that's kind of true, right? I mean, I think it's really true because what you, how you see, how you look out really affects what happens next in your life. It, it really does. I, I'll give you an example. Kind of my, my uh, object lesson for today is uh, these are my driving glasses, and I've had them for a long time. You can see the, the tape right there because I'm too cheap to get a new prescription because they're, they're prescribed sunglasses. I've, I've arrived. I've got prescribed sunglasses. And the reason I need these, there is a need, because when they check my, test my eyes and they're like, oh, you drive without any corrective lenses? <laughs> and and it, so they said, put these on, and I've got glasses that, that I don't wear um, that, that help me see far away. And so I can see a stop sign. I don't know if I can see stop. And so... I know what it looks like, so, I'm, it, so I wear these because not only it takes care of the glare of a sunglasses, but it, it actually brings more clarity to do that. So I, I wear these, and the reason I wear these is so I can see ahead in, in the windshield that's ahead of me, what's, what's ahead. My, my outlook is based on the lenses that I look out my windshield. And it's the same thing in life. What we're looking through, how we see things. You, you know somebody have said, you know, they always look at things with rose-colored glasses, and sometimes that's kind of condescending. I actually think it's a good thing. You're seeing things in a way that, that help you look forward, and, and when you have clarity and a positive attitude, what's going to happen? The outcome comes with that. It's, it, I, I really believe this is true in, in our attitudes or lenses that we look through. And it, it comes down to really the choice. Do we, do we put them on? Do we look through these lenses? If you, know, if, if, if you think as you're looking through life, you can't, you probably won't. If, if you look at life with everything as a problem, it's all going to be a problem. 
right? If you look at life, if you're a victim all the time, you're going to be looking through the lens and your eyes a victim. And, it, and, and so you're going to function that way. But however, if you look through the lens of life in a positive way, that yes, this is a problem, but, but, but there's going to be a solution. Yes, I, I'm struggling and getting through the circumstances, but God is with me. Yes, I feel like I kind of got attacked and kind of feel a victim right now, but I'm not a victim in Christ Jesus. I'm an overcomer in Christ Jesus. It's going to change everything of our attitude. I don't, I don't think anybody disagrees with that, but we have to be aware of it and just say, what am I consciously choosing to put on and wear. Uh, my uh, wife's, in fact, my, my wife's family's pastor, uh, Dr. Fulton Buntain, uh, pastored Life Center Church for many years in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, he actually performed our, our wedding 25 plus years ago. And he was famous for saying a lot of different things, but this was his line. I thought it was appropriate for us today. He says this, what you, he said this, what you appreciate tends to get better, what you depreciate tends to get worse. And some of us are kind of going, duh, <laughs> that's a duh statement, but it's the conscious thinking of that. What you pour into, what you put efforts in and appreciate, it's going to get better in time. There's, a, there's something, what you let go and not value longer, it's going to go by the wayside. Attitude, though, alone doesn't change the world, but how we look at the world affects our outcomes, and I think it affects our outcome and our relationship with God and God's outcomes, you know, attitude was such a big deal in the Bible for many groups of people, especially the people of Israel. They, they, they think about this. The people were in Egypt and they're in slavery and, and God said, you get to be free. You get to be, nothing's gonna hold you back and you're gonna, and so you're gonna, you're gonna go and I'm, I've given you, it's called land and it's promise. It's the promised land. And I wanna encourage encourage you for this and go for it and so Moses leads the people well they get out in the desert and they start grumbling and complaining what happened God had them wandering in the desert do you know and this people speculate this but it only should have took about 11 I think it's 11 days or 11 weeks something like that it was only a short amount of time that the people from Egypt to get to the promised land of Israel how long did it take them 40 years, okay? Some of them, many of them, that first generation didn't even get to possess the promised land. Why? Because they grumbled and they complained. All about attitude means everything. Attitude affects our outlook at life, and it's going to affect eventually our outcomes. Let me ask, what, how's your attitude lately? Some of you today, it's sun and weather, and I can come to church, I can do it. You're feeling pretty good. But overall, let's just face it, we've, we struggled this last year with positive attitudes, and don't blame you for that. Me too at times. But what, what do we do with that? How do we in some ways make an, an attitude adjustment if, if, if our lives are directed by our strongest thoughts and how do we have positive thoughts? What well, goes back to this idea of the attitude of our minds. And I want to unpack this morning with you. There's notes available in your program and online. I encourage you to just grab pen and paper, write these thoughts down as they come on the screen this morning. Chris, thanks for putting these together for us as we do. But we're, before we jump into them, I want to jump into Scripture in Ephesians 4 is where Paul identifies this idea of attitude of our minds. But he starts off with this. Some of you read this this week in the reading. Verse 17 says this, Ephesians 4. I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. 
I, 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 I press this upon you. It's almost like a, a parent saying, okay, it's time to clean your room. You, you got to hear that, you know, this is important, okay? You got to do this. This is what he insists on. He says, you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. The futility. I actually had to look that up just in the English, <laughs> English dictionary. What does futility mean? Uh, another word to use for it is pointless, Paul, it really, in the, in the language here, it's really talking about, like, you, there's people out there. You must no longer live as a Gentiles. What are the Gentiles? Gentiles are people that weren't following God. They weren't, they weren't, they weren't considered even close to in a relationship with, with God at all, and especially in a relationship with Jesus. And so he's saying, you, you, you don't go that way. Don't, don't longer be that way. And the futility, the pointlessness of their thinking he says this. He says, they're darkening their understanding. I was just thinking about this, how people without Christ, they, they have a darkening of their understanding. And they separate from the life of God because of the ignorance that is, I can't read this, this is in them due to the hardening, hardening of their hearts. What's happening is over time is that, that Paul's saying when this happens, when there's this, when there's this darkening understanding, there's a, there's a process to go through. And then the mind, think about this, the mind kind of gets darkened and then what he's to say the heart gets hardened at the same time the darkening the mind the harder the heart and we see this kind of laid laid out and maybe in our culture today we we find this and he says the outcome of this so that's the outlook of life that's where people are heading that don't know christ he said leads to this outcome here's the outcome having lost all sensitivity they have given themselves over to sensuality so to indulge in every kind of impurity and they're full of greed well, he's saying this is the process. This is the outlook at life. I can kind of do what I want, do where I want it, and what. And then what happens is this this downward spiral of giving over sensuality, impurity, and, and greed, and this this we're going. And and we read that, and it's important for us as followers of Christ to be careful we don't judge anybody at that point. It's important that we don't judge people that just they just can't see. They just they're not able to to understand. And and because Paul says this in another place about this, he says in Second Corinthians. Um, we'll we'll get we're shorthanded here. Uh, another place is the God of this age has blinded the mind of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displayed to the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. The God of this age. Who's the, who's the God of this age? Oh, there is someone back there. I don't, what's going on? I'm confused. Oh, you're back there, Jane. You, I, I'm sorry. Uh, I always see Chris sometimes back there, and you're back there. Thank you. Yes, that's funny. Uh, thank you. But who is, the, who is the God of this age? Well, it's Satan, isn't it? It's, it's, it's their deceiver. And, and he's put blinders on. He's, he's blocking, really, the view of God. And so we've got to keep this in mind. As followers of Christ, as we look at the world, we're going, holy cow, what in the world? How can those people be that way? And we, we look at them, and, and without, you know, really thinking about it, many times we judge people by their lifestyle. And the reason I, we know this is the case that that many Christians do judge, not you guys, the second service people, this will be their issue, but you guys don't judge non-Christians at all, but statistically, 67% of non-Christians think Christians are judgy. Where did they get that? It came from somewhere, right? And we have to realize they don't know Jesus. 
They don't, they can't see clearly. They don't understand the gospel. What do you say? The see the light of the gospel displayed, it's there. Reality is this, they don't know. They don't have the Holy Spirit that's transformed them. And so what is their outcome gonna be? It's gonna be what it is. If you think you can change people, no, Jesus changes people. If you think those people and that culture and this going on, change, no, it comes back to the outcome starts with the work of Jesus and seeing the way Christ sees. But you gotta know Christ to see the way Jesus sees, okay? So what's Paul making this point? Well, he says this, he says, okay, if that's the case, guess what? That's the world out there. However, as Christ followers, you know better. You know no better. This is what he makes this point. He says next is that, however, is not the way of life that, that you were learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that's in Jesus. What is he saying is when we, when we came to Christ, we put, we put Holy Spirit prescribed glasses on. And now we're like, wow, I never I never knew that. I never knew that about God. I never, I've seen it. I don't know when you came to faith in Christ for me as a teenager, I was like, this whole, it's just change. Everything, I see what's happening. The Spirit of God is in me and helps me see through, and I'm seeing life through the lenses of Jesus, not through the lenses of my own sinful world. However, though, this is not just easy to do this. There's a process that, we, that Paul lays out that we go through this. To move from the negative attitudes of this world to the positive outlook, and this is what he gives us. He gives us a spiritual practice that we are to do this week. If there was a, this week's spiritual practice, this is the practice, and that is to put off and then put on. Can you say with me, if you're in the room, put off? Can you do that? Put off. Okay, can you say put on? Put on, okay? That's a spiritual practice to, to you know, there you go. Okay, put off and then, and then put on. Okay, that's what we're gonna talk about here and how to do that. Paul lays this out for us, but he says this next. He says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which be, is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Okay, so this is kind of graphic, but in the context of Roman society, there was very brutal forms of punishment. Obviously, we know that the crucifixion, we think, oh, Jesus was crucified. He was not the only person crucified. Thousands of people were crucified. I mean, they, they lined the road. If, if, if we lived in Roman times and you wanted to go from Birch Bay to, to, to Linden, and you go along the way, you would probably see some dead bodies, I know this is gross, laying, you know, crucified along the road. That's how they, and the reason they did that is like, hey, if you go against Rome, this is what could happen to you as an example. Another example of cruel punishment, if you killed somebody, if a man killed a man, what they do is they would, the man that you killed, they would strap, chain, or harness the, the dead body to you, and you had to drag that dead body wherever you went as a form of punishment. Well, what happens along the line? Dead bodies don't smell great. Dead bodies actually decompose, okay? That's disgusting to think about. But this is the context Paul's saying is you're to put off your old sinful self, your sorry sinful past, and you're to, it needs to die. It needs to get out of your life, the decaying corpse of your old life that's corrupting you. It's, it's, it's affecting you to let it go and to put on this new life in Christ. If you don't, guess what? You're tricked. 
into the deceitful desires of your life. And, and deceit happens this way. It happens a little bit where we go, we look back in our past and, and we kind of go, oh man, back in the day, boy, you look back in the good old days. Maybe you open an album and you look and go, oh man, I remember that dude or I remember her and she, we had some good times camping and you look back at some of your drinking buddies, you look back at some of the party days, you look back at some things in the, in the good old days. Can I just remind you today that the good old days were, were well, they weren't all good and they're just old, okay? And, and we need to be reminded that, that when, before we get too nostalgic about our, about our old life, guess what? It, remember also it was a life of pain. It was a life of shame. It was a life of addiction. It was a life of problems and issues and struggles and rejection and, and, and horrible, horrible things that some of you went through. Many, we could all say we've gone through something. Lord, Lord saying to us, hey, let go. Paul's saying, let go of these things, moving from your old life into this new life. I have you take off the old self and put on the new self. And now, how do we do that? Well, here's the crux of the whole thing today. This is what he says. He says this. Paul says this. To, to do this is first to be made new in the attitude of your minds. To be made new in the attitude of your minds. What, what he's saying is, the attitude of your mind literally means this it's the spirit of the soul of your mind. Okay? Our brain is the, the physical part. It's the operations. But we all have also within us, within our humanness uh, as, as image of God, we, we have consciousness. We have a soul, wherever our soul is. Sometimes we pull our soul here, but our soul is really here too. It's the inner core of who we are. He says that attitude, okay? The attitude of your soul. He says that needs to change. That needs to change, it comes down to your mind. And, and we use the word repentance, and we'll use it continually as a church. Why? Because, it, and hopefully it's not a judgy, churchy word. That's what people made it to be. But re repent actually means a changing of the mind. How, how do we change our life? It starts with our mind. It starts with the core. Change your mind, it'll change, moving toward a changed life. It's praying. Say, Lord, I, I come before you. I repent of my sins. I repent of my ways, my old ways. Lord, I want, to, I want to pick up a new, go from the old to the new. I want to experience that. And it's a, it's a decision of repentance that we have. But it is a put off and it is a put on that we're called to do. Paul sums up in, in 2 Corinthians this way. He, he describes this of being what Jesus says, born again, regenerated in this newness. What does that look like? Through the work of the cross and through the resurrection of Christ that we experience salvation, this leads us newness. He, he says this of this amazing regeneration. He says, so from now on, we regard the one from a worldly, no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ this way, we do no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new has come. And then the word new is interesting. It doesn't mean remodeled and just renewed. It means, it means brand new. It's what we talked about last week in renewing of our minds is, even though we use the word renewing, it's renewing into a new creation. We, we, we talked about the caterpillar and the, the metamorphosis of a caterpillar to a butterfly. That's the picture Jesus that Paul's laying out for us that the Lord really wants us to understand. And so with that is making a choice, taking off the old and putting on the new. And he says this, and two, right? So he's going from this old to be made new in the attitude of your minds to put off the old self and put the new self in created to be like God in true righteousness 
and holiness. See, the goal for us, the goal is this, is to, we're not going to be perfect. He says righteousness and holiness. Righteousness means this. It means right standing with God. It means a relationship with Jesus. It's not going to, we're going to mess up. You're going to sin this week. I hate to break it to you, right? You're going to say the wrong thing. You're going to think the wrong thing. You're going to do the wrong thing. I'm, I'm one of you, okay? But what do we do with that? Well, we get back to our relationship with Jesus. We confess that, repent it, we move on. And, and, then, and then, of course, in, what does it say? In holiness, oh man, that's a churchy word. Holiness is not perfection either. It means set apart for purpose. See, we gotta remember our old lives were, as as Paul said, the futility of our thinking. It was pointless. We had no direction. We had no, we thought we did because we thought it was make money, be happy, and pleasure for ourselves. And then we would get the end of that and some of us made a lot of money. Some of us had relationships and going, that's it? This is it? No, there's more. Through Christ, we have a purpose. We have a destiny. We have a, 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 opportunity to to live this life it's not perfect and it's not going to be easy in fact following christ can be you know really some would say harder to follow christ but what does it lead to us it leads to fulfillment we find our outcomes as much more fulfilling and we find a point to our life and a purpose to life in it so how do we live that how do we experience that that's what i want to know paul tells us here he uses this word therefore. Therefore meaning all those things of putting off your old life and putting on the, you know, being renewed in the attitude of your minds, back to attitude, to this new life he has. We give some practical steps. In your program here, in your listening guide, I encourage you to write these down. And this idea of taking off and putting on the new. The taking off and putting on the new. This is what he says. He says this. We're going to get to the verse here in a moment, but I want you to write this down. Stop pretending and start living and speaking the truth. Stop pretending and start living and speaking the truth. Social media, we do this. I think I caught myself doing this where you go on a trip or whatever and, and, and you, you know, and, and my, my wife showed me this on, on photos and things. You can, you know, because we went to a really warm tropical place and then, but, but I'm like white Anglo-Saxon, okay? You know, and so, and I, very much Irish as well. So, you know, my skin just kind of crisps up and burns really badly, right? And so I'm either two colors, white or red. And then, but if you look at some of her photos, like, wow, looks like you're pretty tan there. Yeah, that's called a filter, okay? Just so you know, I don't know. You know, and we do that with things, right? We do that in social media, people do, but we kind of do that to prop ourselves up because we, we don't want to look a certain way, okay? And thank goodness, I mean, no one wants to see me out there white I mean, it's gonna, you're going to need sunglasses to put on to look at that, okay? But all that saying, joking aside, we, we put it many times in our insecurities, we put on falsehood, right? We play, we play a role that is, and it's really, not, it's really not us. And this is what Paul says. If you want to do this, he, he tells us to get to a place of, like, finding a renewing of your mind and added to your mind. He says this, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are in the members of of the bo- one body. The biggest place where there should not be phoniness is right here. The biggest place where there should not be any pretense and acting the way we are is here. Unfortunately, the church has been known over the years, we try to religiously kind of prop ourselves up and how are we doing? Oh, good. How are you really doing? Not really good. We don't want it. And that's why we believe in our mission statement to create authentic Christian community, to get real. I got real today, man. I, some of you are like, wow, you're tired. Yeah, I, we need help, right? We're just being real. We're just being real. And when we do that, it opens up the opportunity to have conversation to go, me too. Oh, thanks for sharing that. You've been in a group when someone just kind of goes, you're like, that's me. 
and everybody bonds, and everybody, and it's not that we wallow in, oh, we're, we're all messed up. We go, oh, no, we've got God. We got, we got the Holy Spirit. We got, you know, we, we rally together, don't we? That's what the church is. That's what he's saying. If you're going to put off that, you got to put off that falsehood. Let it, let it go. Now, do that with people that you trust. You know, these people you don't know, you tell all your problems with, you're like, what is that about? But sharing a community, you're able to do that. That's so important. When we put off the new, the attitude reminds, it leads to our true selves, what we're created to be, and there's freedom to do that. Another thought I want to encourage you, putting off the old attitude and putting on the new attitude is, don't let your anger lead you to revenge, but rather as a fuel to bring result. Don't let your anger lead to revenge, but rather as a fuel to bring result. Now, what are we talking about? Well, anger is not bad. It's what they call righteous indignation. You know, if, if we're seeing injustice in the world, okay, we're seeing uh, the issue of racism and people are treated badly, whoever they are, whatever the, you know, nationality, whatever color, whatever, there's, and it continues to be in our world, it's definitely in our news and all that's happening, there's awareness of that. In fact, Josh in his talk yesterday for our leaders talked about, I think there's like, did he say there's 2,000 places where the poor are mentioned. Does anybody remember that? That's a lot. The Bible is concerned about the poor and injustice. That should be our concern, and it should anger us sometimes as people are treated. But what we do with anger, guess what, is a big deal. This is what he says. In your anger, Paul says, do not sin. Do not let the, the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Uh, my wife, early on in our marriage, literally practiced that. That her, her, her thing was we, not to go to, be, go to bed angry. Well, I would say early in our marriage, we had some arguments. And, and, you know, a lot of it was probably my fault, but I didn't want to admit it. And so I, I go, I'm, I'm tired. I don't, I'm, I'm going to bed. And I'd go to bed and brush my teeth, get in bed. And, you know, it, you know I'm sound asleep. You know, all of a sudden, she comes in and lights up. And every, and by that, not just every lamp, my lamp's on. Every lamp is on. Uh, she gets in the bed, and I never heard anybody really ruffle pillows so loudly. I, I just understand why they're, how could a pillow be so loud? And then all of a sudden, I, I hear this like, well, it's her magazine. I never heard anybody flip a magazine so loud, nudging, and it's just going. I'm like, all right, I'm awake, you know. And her heart was, we're going to deal with this. We're going to talk with this. We're not going to let the sun go down in our anger. We're going to take care. We're going to resolve things. So, well, it went midnight, 1 a.m. I kind of got into the next day. We tried to follow the scripture here, but we didn't go to bed until we had a resolve that was there. Proud of her. That, we've done that in our, in our lives. And, 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 and why? We don't want... What is he? Paul says, don't, let, don't give the devil leverage in your life. Listen, some of us get angry. Some of us are upset. But we have to, this is where we go to the Lord. This last year and all that's happening in the world, are you more angry than before? Or have you allowed anger to fuel you in such a way that it's part of you right now and all that's going on? And is your angst that's there and there's upset? You might want to evaluate your heart because I don't think that's Jesus. Jesus leans to love. And even all the things and all we're going through, if love isn't our mandate that we have, if there's any kind of mandate, we're off. And we need to put on, on what the newness of our minds and the, and the attitude of our minds. Another thing I would say this about doing this and the put on, the put, take off and put on is don't be a taker, but work to be a giver. Don't be a taker, work to be a giver. Listen, 
There's two types of people in the world. There's givers and there's takers. And there's a lot of us can be givers. And there's a lot of you in the room, you're just giving, giving, giving. You're like, yeah, I'll, I'm serving, but I'm serving in other areas. And then there's a lot of people that are, that are takers. You, you have them in your life, don't you? You got people that, that, and so if you're a giver all the time, make sure you have a taker. No, if you're a giver, make sure people are giving you all the time. Because you'll, you'll run out of giving. You're running giving. There's, like, there's a wonderful couple in our, our CTK network, Steve and Nancy, and they've they kind of been assigned to us. They're like, who are these people? And these people, these older couple, they, they just love Christy and I. They stopped by our house the other night, and they brought us a, a flower for our pot for outside, and they just wanted, how are you? How are you doing? And their job has nothing to do with them. It's then to care for us. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's beautiful to have people. Hopefully you have people in your life like that. But if you're always a taker, you're always a consumer, Paul's just challenges us here. He says this. He says, anyone who has been stealing must not steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their hands that they might have something to share with those in need, okay? If you are, you know, getting, getting you know, all you can get out of life, you're gonna, you're gonna wear people out. But if you keep giving, 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 and you're not also, you know, you're going to run out as well. And so there's this balance of giving and taking that we have to be careful. North Bay, we need to be a church of givers, and we are. We, we, we have this incredible giving that's happened. The fact that we're still here is a huge blessing. But on top of that, though, of not just giving in different physical resources, we are to give ourselves emotionally to one another. It's so, so important that we do that. And so this week, I would encourage you to say, how am I going to add value to my life? How am I going to appreciate people to give value to their life this week? I pre-plan it. If you're meeting with someone, maybe at your work, you have a work meeting or client, or if you have a, a person that you oversee, or you're working even with your boss, when you're meeting with them, and you're like, what will you do to encourage them today? Say, hey, you know, such a, you know, you're such a great, you're, you're, you're such a great boss. I just want, you know, you're a great supervisor, this, this, and this about you. They need to hear that. You're going, well, they're not always that way, but when are they? You know, with your spouse, with your kids, be adding value to one's life, and we do that is so, so important. Another thought here of putting, taking off the old and putting on a new attitude of our minds is this, is to watch your words by speaking well of what gives life. Watch your words by speaking well what gives life. Uh, just pre-COVID, I, I guess it was, a crowded coffee shop. Saw these teenagers coming in, high schoolers, and they're getting their coffees and everything, kind of together, kind of like kind of the cool crowd, kind of, you know, and, and it seemed like athletes and maybe some cheerleader girls and stuff. And they're, but they all had it together. But this one girl, like she had it all together, like she could tell she's popular, but she cussed like a sailor, okay? Like, wow, you know? And it, literally people were just like turning around, like, wow, you know? And you just want to do it. Do you, do you kiss your grandma with that mouth? I mean, that's, that's what I wanted to say. But that was the judgy part of me. I didn't know what was going on, even while they had it all on the outside. And I realized, you know what? Profanity is not just using the F word. Profanity is, 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 is actually could be even worse because this is what Paul writes about taking off the attitude and putting on the new, old attitude and putting on the new. He says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful, only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that they may benefit those who listen. Listen, it's kind of fun to joke around and banter and do that kind of thing. But if we're always kind of like digging and, and bantering, and if we're always kind of in the negative tone of our life, because sometimes we do that for humor or whatever, but are we adding value? Are, you are people benefiting for what you're saying to them at the end of the day? Call out what it is, but are you leading to what is the opportunity that comes your way? So think of moments on how you can add value to people's lives. And it's getting out of time here, but the other thing I want to say is, 
is, uh, oh man, we're just so, she got too much here. Uh, the other thing I say is don't break God's heart by taking his gift for granted. Paul says this, he says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God in whom you're sealed for the day of redemption. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. What is it saying? God has feelings. He doesn't need our love. He wants our love. And when we go against God and his ways, guess what? He grieves. He grieves because the relationship is broken. He said if you want to be renewed and added to your minds, that means that you're leaning in and, and knowing the seal for the day of redemption. You're done deal. You're going to heaven and it's there and the spirit of God is there. Don't grieve it. Don't push the spirit of God away. He's there to help us. Don't take, it for, take him for granted. Another thing I would say is make a clean break from what is holding you back. And if you're moving on from the old to the new, it is so important you do that. If you're on a diet, right? I'm going on a diet. I'm eating clean. But if you got Oreos and Doritos and everything in your pantry, good luck with that, right? You got to clean out your pantry. I'm saying it the same way spiritually. You got to get rid of it. If you got anger, this is what Paul says. This he says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Notice here it goes from outlook to outcome. Bitterness, rage, and anger, those are emotions. What does it lead to brawling? Well, I don't really fight. Well, what do you put online? What do you, what do you say about that person? Well, it's slander. That, that, well, I don't know that person. They're this person. You're saying, in every kind of form of malice, malice is intent to do harm. I was sad last year. I hope this such and such politician goes this way and does this, and I hope he dies. And like, wow, I think I go to church with you. I'm a little, you know, I'm not sure what to do with that. It's easy to do that stuff and people go that way. And I was like, what do you say? Get rid of it. Clear your closet in confession to do it. So important. Lastly is this. Be, be giving and forgiving as God has done for you. I want to invite Chris to come. Paul, Paul emphasizes this. Be giving this way. He says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ has forgiven you. This is what I've learned, and we'll close with this, is that when I'm in a place of incredible appreciation, what God has done for me, I, I'm, I have such more capacity and compassion for people around me. Don't you? When I really spend time with the Lord and that he saved my sorry soul, that he got me out of a mess, he made my life that seemed futile to have a point. When he really save me and transform me. And when I recognize and I saw and I felt the power of the Holy Spirit in me, when he gave me prescribed Holy Spirit-empowered glasses, I began to see the world as he sees it. And I began to see the world with compassion and forgiveness of the people. And when I look at people and I see them, I'm grieved and I'm sorry for the people where they're at more than I'm judging them for the way they're acting because of what Jesus did for me. I was lost, I was broken, and Jesus saw me where I was through the cross, forgave me my sin, and gave me life through the resurrection. It's the same for us. I, and so I just close with this, ask you the question, what lens are you looking through in your life today? What attitude? This week, our spiritual practices is to put off and, and put on, to see as the Lord sees. And when we do that, guess what happens? Our outlook changes. Our attitude changes toward the outcomes God has. I don't know what the outcomes are going to be, but when you get there, you know it was God and what he did, and we leave the results to him. Let's, let's pray together.
God, thank you for this opportunity today. It's been a good day, Lord. Thanks for the people gathered here, those that are watching online. Maybe throughout the week, they're listening to this online, and, and they're just, they're asking that. Lord, forgive me. My attitude's not been good. I've had a negative attitude. I've looked at life through the negative lens, Lord, and, and I have allowed myself to be darkened in my own understanding. I've been caught up in so much. And so, Lord, we repent. We repent, and we ask that you, Lord, in that you would change our minds so that you would change our attitude that would lead to a positive outlook and to the outcomes, Lord, that you have for our life, a life that's filled with life in you and not death. And Lord, where we're kind of dragging our old stuff around, our old life around, may we come clean and let that go and to see as you see our lives and the lives, Lord, of the people that don't see that we can help them put on the right lenses seeing you, Jesus, and what you've done for them as you've done for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to